Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 60. Today, I am hanging out with Kayla from Healing Waters, an organization that I am crazy passionate about, and I'm so excited to share her journey in the nonprofit sector, talk about how she was an intrapreneur within their organization, and to share a little bit about how I have learned how giving back can totally richen your life in the biggest ways. Healing Waters has been something that has just been such a huge piece of my life and my drive, and I am so excited to share the heart behind it today with Kayla. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses, so you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers. Welcome to today's show. I am really, really honored and thrilled to introduce you to Kayla Fruchtman, who I have become dear friends with over the last two years. Kayla works for an organization that Drew and I are extremely passionate about, which is Healing Waters. And she's going to talk all about working in the nonprofit sector, how she created kind of a new role for herself, what all of that looks like. And I can speak firsthand on the work that Healing Waters is doing. And I'm just so, so passionate to be a part of their movement. It has been something that has absolutely transformed my life and something that has really just given me such a drive to do better in my business so that I can bless others. And so I'm so excited and honored to just have this conversation, let you guys listen in and hang out with Kayla today so that we can kind of talk about some things that we haven't really covered on the podcast yet, which is, you know, having a more traditional job, working in the nonprofit sector and 
and how you can really have a creative purpose within a position like that. So welcome to the show, Kayla. Thanks, Jenna. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So let's kick it off. And I just want for you to kind of tell people a little bit about how you got to where you are and what your current role is. And we'll totally dive a lot deeper into that. But just start off with an introduction so that we can get to know you. Sure. Great. Currently, I am the Director of Development and Marketing for Healing Waters International. And kind of what led me to this position was just an interest in social justice issues from an international level, everything from education and child exploitation to women's rights, and then seeing how clean water deeply affects all those areas. And so after a few years with other organizations, I came to Healing Waters, and I think I have found my dream job. That is so amazing. And it's been such a transformation for you, especially just from the start of your position, even just a few years. And I feel like since I've known you, your position is always changing and evolving and no two days are the same. And so talk to me about what it looks like when you first started and kind of what you're working on today, because there is a passion project within your role that I think is just so incredible. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting when I first came on board with Healing Waters, they had actually reached out to me for a marketing position. And at that time, Healing Waters had never had any sort of marketing plan, any strategy behind that. I kind of joke that it was like this mom and pop shop where there were a lot of committed donors, but it was a very small circle and they were doing amazing work, but nobody knew of it. And so they tasked me with the idea of coming in and really rebranding the organization, shaping it to where it could have meaningful connection with people all over. So not just a small group of donors in the Denver area, but really build it as a national and international organization. And then through that, they also knew that I was really passionate about women's issues and, you know, both from a domestic and an international kind of perspective. And so I got really excited about the idea of, okay, how do we, how do we connect women to this story in a really big way? And just some of the statistics that kind of affect women when it comes to clean water sets them apart as being one of the most vulnerable when it comes to issues of dirty water. And so by creating a community of women here that could get on board to supporting the women that we work with in the other countries, I was able to launch the HER initiative, which just kind of blew up into this thing that's allowed for so many amazing connections and partnerships and collaborations and really has kind of shaped that kind of thing that sets apart a nonprofit. I think a lot of nonprofits kind of do things the way they've always done it and they don't rely on good branding or messaging. And so for Healing Waters to kind of step into a role where they had a lot of clout in both kind of social media and just our online presence, it it really has had a significant impact on our number of donors, our number of supporters, the funding that we're bringing in to bring clean water to these communities. So it's been a really an awesome journey and it's just kind of begun. So I'm excited to see where it all ends up in the next few years. Absolutely. And I can absolutely attest to the fact of this need. And Kayla and I have actually a pretty hilarious story, but I think it's so fitting for both of our personalities. She was getting ready to 
lead this mission trip with some amazing, amazing women influencers. And she just needed help with a logo. And somehow all of that got us connected through Desiree, who is also on the podcast. She threw my name in the hat because she followed me on Instagram. And within two days, I was getting my passport out and getting ready to fly. Kayla said, I still remember in the first email, she said, I'm not above begging for you to be able to come. I will make this happen. And that really just started this love affair that I have with really helping other people. And I know one thing, Kayla, and I don't even know if I told you this, but after the trip that Drew and my sister and I just went on, my sister and I were like having this conversation and there's so much about women's hygiene that people are so unaware of because we are so incredibly blessed in this culture. And, you know, my sister, who's a nurse, was just so shocked. Like they don't have access to things like tampons and maxi pads. And women are literally homebound when they have their cycle because they can't leave the house. And it just creates such a crazy, crazy chain reaction for their families, for their work, for their livelihoods. And so when we just talk about health and hygiene, it sounds so generic and there's so much more than just that part of it. But when we really got to listen to their stories and how this impacts, I mean, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it really is. I think my mind was so just like, I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. Like this is my career, my job, and, like, all I do is, like, read statistics on these things and, like, figure out how to, how to message that, you know, to our audiences so that people can, can understand the need, and I'm, like, constantly blown away by the things, like, there's a statistic out there that most girls drop out of school in the developing world when puberty starts because there is no access to proper hygiene or sanitation, and we don't tie that to things like clean water because we don't even think about the fact that we can go wash our hands with soap and water or that we're able to flush a toilet or that we can brush our teeth with clean water. And it's all these tiny little things that just blow your mind that so many people don't have access to that. Absolutely. So talk us through now. I know a lot of listeners, they aspire to be entrepreneurs or to start their own thing, or maybe they're just in the dream up stage. But what was it like jumping into this organization that has been established for 15 years and, you know, carving your own role and, you know, presenting this new idea and running with it? What was that process like for you? Yeah, I would say I was given so much freedom and grace in figuring that out, which I know a lot of people when they're in, you know, a typical nine to five job, whether it's nonprofit or for profit, they may not have that support from from their supervisors or whatnot. But I mean, just to go back to what you said when I had said, I'll beg for you to come on this trip. Like I had this amazing boss who was willing to take the risk. Like the her initiative had not even been a thing yet. You know, he's this 77 year old man and I'm telling him oh no like social media is important and we need to get these influencers on board and he has no idea what an influencer is and he just trusted that and so I would say just having that level of support was one of the things that for sure like made it exciting to be at an organization that had already been so established but having the freedom to sort of create something within the organization I think that I'm wired like an entrepreneur I'm I'm always kind of throwing out crazy ideas and having big visions of all these things that healing waters can be and while that's good you also have to kind of tone it back a little bit when you're just within an organization but I was given just the space to create the her initiative and and I think it was very much in line with how I've heard a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs how their sort of dreams become a reality and and I can think 
back to about two years ago, just being on like a walk with a friend and being like, I have this kind of crazy idea and sharing it and then sending out kind of these blind emails to people like Desiree and to you and then seeing this amazing kind of reaction with people who are like, yes, this is absolutely what I want to be on board with. And so just kind of having these little wins along the way and then seeing how you can connect people to a deep meaning of a cause, it just, it really became just a beautiful story. Absolutely. And it's been so fun to follow it. Now, beyond the amazing story, there has been a lot of hardship and stress. And your position is just one small position and not small, but as in you were taking on literally everything. And so it is so much like an entrepreneur because you're passionate and you're willing to do that work. But at the same point, you are one person. And so what have been some of the hardships in that because you are commanding something that you know so clearly can make this giant difference in the world and you need to communicate that you need to get people on board you need to serve that like what has that process been look like because I can only imagine it's overwhelming yeah well and it's so funny Jenna because I attribute Like, I attribute so much to the things that I've learned from you and from, like, the other influencers who are on that trip. And I I think you just saw that in me and you, like, spoke that to me maybe, I don't know if it was on the trip or, like, a month later when we were on the phone or something. And you were just like, you need a team. You need to sit down and figure out your priorities. And you need to, like, figure out how you can be supported. And, again, what was so amazing about that and working for such an incredible organization that I was able to voice that. And so with kind of how my position kind of transferred from the director of marketing to then the director of development and marketing, it just freed up some things within our budget and our goals and whatnot where I was able to then build a team around me. There's kind of this funny thing that happens in nonprofits where almost everybody is given the title of director. And I think it's to kind of build some sort of like respect when you're meeting with people. But in all reality, if everybody's a director, then you don't have so many people who are the ones who are implementing things and executing them and building a team to support a director. I was able to bring on a team that has definitely morphed over the past two years. But I think where we're at right now, we just have this incredible team you know, they bring ideas and vision to the table, but they also just execute on plans that we put in place. And they are able to do a lot of those things that I was just being tasked with that weren't allowing me to see the big picture. Healing Waters has a budget of about $2 million. And so as a director of development, my biggest job is finding that fundraising or those funds, I should say. And so that's a lot of pressure. And Being able to have a team who's going to support you in that and kind of be a part of that mission is just huge. That's incredible. So one thing I want to talk about, and we weren't really planning on talking about this on the show, but I think it's something that has really just been a really big learning thing in my life is that I think that our generation is very challenged by the idea and the notion of giving. And I feel like it comes from this place of scarcity. We never feel like we have enough to give. And it doesn't necessarily have to be giving monetarily. It can be giving our time. It can be giving our energy. It can be, you know, just sharing the movement. But money for me, and I've shared this on the show many times, money for me 
was a very, very stronghold in my life. And it was something that I was clinging to for security. And when I joined up with Healing Waters, I had never really donated money ever in my life because I never felt like I had enough. And I was telling myself these lies, like once I made this much money, I could donate or once I made this much money, I'd finally start giving. And I started to realize, especially working with you guys, like I can start now. And I think that that has just snowballed in such a big way for me, especially in learning like how good it feels to know that you're making a difference. And it's really inspired me to work harder. But for your job, you're targeting millennials and you're doing an incredible job on social media and stuff. And I believe that our generation genuinely wants to leave this world a better place. And we're so much more socially conscious and aware. But has that been a challenge for you to inspire, you know, our age, our demographic of people to understand that giving just has to start small and you can always work big, but wherever that looks like, not necessarily healing waters, what has it been like for you as you're planning out social campaigns and that kind of stuff? Yeah. You know, I feel like you can't ask people to do something that you're not doing. And, and a lot of my friends who are like, Oh, isn't it so awkward? Like your job is literally asking people for money. And I'm like, no, it's not because like, I believe that generosity is so important and like, I want to be generous. And so I don't feel like there's any issue with like in asking other people to do that. And I will say just, you know, in all of these things, like we're always standing on the shoulders of giants. And one of the things that's driven me and like, that makes me feel very confident in asking people and getting millennials involved is that I remember being in college and, you know, when you're a college student, you like had no money. And I had this like campus minister friend who he said to me, he was like, I know you don't think you have any money, but you got to start giving your money now. And I was like, I have zero money. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, if you're babysitting and you make 60 bucks, like give $6 away to something, you know, and that just felt so trivial and silly, but it, it created sort of just this pattern in my life to give. And I think it's what's led me to understanding why generosity is so important and feeling really confident when I talk to people about that. And so I would say that, you know, for millennials, like you're absolutely right. We are a generation that is totally connected to social change and social causes. And it's easy for us because we can go buy a pair of Tom shoes. We can buy fair trade coffee. We can do all of these things that we would already be doing with our money and know that it's being connected to a good cause where I take this a step further when it comes to actually donating your money or your time to an organization is I think that we have so much more than we ever even realize and by starting to give just a small amount you start to see that oh that wasn't painful or like oh that didn't seem like such a big sacrifice to to not do happy hour with my friends today because I'm giving twenty dollars to this cause or you know all those little things and so I think that trying to educate our generation on that is it's a good thing but it's also challenging and I think that You know, when it comes to social media, like you were saying, like, yeah, we might have this fun and beautiful presence on social media. And, you know, Jenna, you're the queen of teaching people the importance of that. And and it is so important. But I think what falls flat, especially when it comes to nonprofits, is that liking a photo doesn't do a whole lot. And I think we've, because of the way our brains are wired with social media and whatnot, if we like a photo, we kind of think our job there is done and that we supported the cause. And 
yes, awareness is so vital and so important, but if we stop there, we're not actually having an impact that we could be having. And so I think that just continuing to have open conversations, especially with millennials and, and to talk about like, what if you only lived on 90% of your income and you were able to give away 10%? Like people do that. Like lots of people do that. There's crazy people who live on 10% of their income and give away 90%. And like, And that sounds so crazy and like I don't feel like I could do that right now, but like I can give 10% or I can give 5% and I think that if people fit that into their plans when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to giving margin to how they spend their money, I really think that like our generation can be the ones that end to end the global water crisis. I agree. And it's, you know, it's just been such a process for me. And the funny thing was, is I totally had kind of an experience you did where, you know, we started, we donated maybe a thousand dollars and we're like, okay, like we don't miss that. Like that wasn't doing anything in our lives. And when I was growing up, I love this, that my parents did this, but we would get $3 allowance per week. And we had three little Mason jars and one was to go to church. $1, one dollar was to save and then $1 was to spend. And I still remember that to this day. And I think that it was really cool that my parents incorporated giving early on. But I also think, you know, looking at my experience, like it was like, I just had my fingers so tightly gripped on my money and it felt like this impossible task. And I feel like my hands have just been open so much, especially when dealing with healing waters. And it's one of those things where it's such a personal exploration and figuring out how it works for you, what it looks like. There's no perfect way to do it, but you just have to start. And so what does your role look like nowadays? as you're navigating all this change, all this excitement, new projects, what are you working on these days? Yeah. So, I I mean, I kind of joke that like when the Her Initiative took off as really just, it was going to be a a marketing campaign to get women here involved. It kind of became a second full-time job. And so with building a team, I've been able to use sort of the momentum we had with the Her Initiative of bringing millennial women on board to sort of shape as a whole what our marketing plan looks like. And so now I have this team who, you know, I have this amazing guy on our team who he does all of our copy and content writing for the the blog, for our e-newsletters that go out, our appeals. He's writing proposals that we send out specifically to, you know, foundations or private donors or corporations in order to get them to be supporting us. And I mean, incredible, incredible stuff that I was doing all of that before. And now we have him. And then we just got the opportunity. I don't even know if I told you this, Jenna. We just hired our good friend, Jessie, who has been a photographer that we've taken on a lot of trips with us. She just stepped into a development role with us too. And that's been amazing because she knows our work. She's seen it on the ground like you have, and that changes people. And so she can Mm -hmm. tell the story really well, and she's so passionate about it. And so right now we're really honing in on how do we continue to refine the the day-in, day-out stuff of, you know, social media and e-newsletters and all those things. But then how do we develop programs that are really going to have impact? And so right now we are creating a school program where we can have curriculum for teachers here in the U.S. to teach their students about the global water crisis and then to maybe do a call to action of whether it's a fundraising campaign or an awareness campaign where these kids are doing that. We have seen that blow up already. And so we're trying to kind of 
put that together into like a, a bit of a kit so that we're not reinventing the wheel each time. But we've had a school raise like $5,000. It was like a middle school who did that. And then we just had an elementary school where the fifth grade class went around and taught all the other students about the global water crisis. And they filled water bottles with change and they raised like $1,500 in like two weeks. So it's amazing. Amazing. All opportunities for everyone from millennials to children to the baby boomers and above that, like to be involved some way. So really trying to refine those skills and programs. And then within the HER initiative, always trying to think of ways to kind of be cutting edge and innovative to get women really excited about what we're doing. So we just launched um, these party for HER kits because again, we, my philosophy in fundraising is that it's all about relationships and so if someone's passionate about the cause then they're going to be the best voice for the cause it's not going to be myself it's going to be them bringing their friends together and so we've created these kits where women can host these four different themed parties and then collectively with their group of friends they can do something about it whether it's you know, raising a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars or it's just building awareness these are the things that can really have impact That's incredible. I think that's so exciting. And I always love how you are thinking about how you can loop more people into the mission and the cause. One of the most frustrating things for me was I was going on these trips and coming home and just feeling so passionate and so empowered, but not knowing how to talk about it. Because if anyone here has been on, like gone to summer camp, you know, you come back and you're trying to tell everyone about how life changing it was and like, nobody gets it and so Kayla and I have always like brainstormed like how can we communicate this when we come home off of these trips and I know for me it was always really hard I've gone on three different trips to the Dominican Republic twice and then to Guatemala once and every time I would come back I would almost go through this depression when you get home because you see all of our blessings and you know it's just so incredible you know every time I turn on the water I just think about these communities that we've witnessed and seen and how we can make that difference. And I think the communication part is just such a really challenging aspect of what you do because we get so intimate with these stories and it's like, how can we tell their stories in a very liberating way? And I know that that's something you think about and do often. And so what have you learned from that part of the process, going on the trips and then coming back and figuring out how you can make the biggest impact with the stories that we've witnessed? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that you said is stories like that's what always connects with people you can yeah the statistics they bring power behind it all but like to tell one little girl's story and I know we've we've always like told this story since the first trip we went on of like the little girl who was brushing her teeth for the first time like didn't know where to like spit out yeah. the toothpaste but like just funny things like that that actually like allow people to step back and be like holy like how in the world was this like eight-year-old it was the first time brushing her teeth or having access to clean water and so telling those stories in a really dignifying way I think you know we're probably old enough that we can remember being really little and watching those like infomercials of like really poor kids like walking in the street like dirty and you know half clothed and all these things and I have taken just in a strong personal stance and then also as an organization that we will never exploit children or people to raise money as far as how we tell their stories. And so telling stories of dignity and hope is just incredibly important to us. And, and I mean, you've seen it firsthand, Jenna, like there are those sad stories and we have seen terrible things, but I don't feel like that's ever an appropriate way to kind of like pull up people's heartstrings. And so 
figuring out the best way to tell stories that are uplifting and positive, and then figuring out what's the most creative way to get that out there. Because, I mean, let's talk social media and let's talk like just everything that's constantly in our face. We are inundated with just constant messaging and marketing and buy this and support this. And if you buy this, it will support this. And so how do we set ourselves apart in that? And we've really come to kind of a a conclusion as of now that to tell stories with dignity and to get people making personal connections with it is just kind of the most powerful thing you can do. I see you over there racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to the life of an entrepreneur. No one told you about all the hats you'd have to wear, and they certainly didn't warn you about all of the numbers. Challenging? Absolutely. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. Now, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. FreshBooks is not only easy to use, it is also packed full of powerful features. Now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. You can do things like create invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments with just a couple of clicks, and see when your client has viewed your invoice so that awful guest game is finally put to rest. In order to claim it, go to freshbooks.com slash goal and enter Gold Digger in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Absolutely. And if I've learned anything is when I go on these trips, the people are so joyful. They have so very little and they are more engaged. They are more passionate. They're filled with joy. It's so hard to come back home and see us with our heads down on our phones, with all the distractions, with all these blessings that we have that we walk around and we don't even notice. And I know that it's like whenever I go on these trips, I'm like, I'm going to come home and I'm going to sell everything. And I'm going to, you know, because you see that they have so very little and yet so much joy. And I think that those are the messages that we share. And it's like, can you imagine how much joyful or how filled with joy they would be if they had access to things like clean water? And one of the stories that I think is so sweet, Kayla and I, and then Drew and my sister, we were all just in the Dominican Republic a few months ago. And we had a very, very long, bumpy van ride out to one of the villages and we all had to go to the bathroom. And so we're like begging the van driver to like pull over so that we could all just go on the side of the road. We didn't even care. And we made it into town and the pastor of that community was greeting us. And I was like, I am so sorry, but can I use your bathroom? And I went in to their home, which I believe maybe 10 people lived in this very, very, very small almost like a hut and she quick cleaned off the toilet for me she grabbed a fresh roll of toilet paper which I don't believe they use on a daily basis and got everything ready for me and they treat you with so much respect because 
for me, it was so uncomfortable. Like, I'm like, I can literally squat out in the woods, no problem. But they look at us and they see that we're out there listening to them. We're not even trying to do anything crazy. And I just felt like, oh my word, like you're letting me into your house, zero questions and treating me like a queen. And here we are in this community that literally doesn't have access to any water. They are collecting rainwater. And just that moment just touched me so much because I'm like, here in this country, that would never even fly. You know, if a stranger came up to your door and was like, can I use your bathroom? You'd be like, uh, (laughs) and so just moments like that where it's just so touching. And I, every time I go, my life has changed even more. Well, it's so funny. Like just hearing you say that, like, I'm not even lying. It like makes me start crying because it's like, those are those moments where it's like, we think we're coming in and that we have like this big, huge thing to offer these people. And that's such a, it's a fundamental issue that I have with international development that we're like constantly working at as far as our model, like we are empowering the locals because just like what you explained, like those people, they're so joyful and they're so, they're so smart and resourceful. They just lack certain things. And so if we can help them by providing clean water, then here's this tool that then they have to go and change their communities because like you said, like they're willing to, and they're some of the most hospitable and joyful people and they, they want to serve and they want to help. And so, so having that mindset of like, it's about just giving them the tools that they need to change their communities, change their country. But like you said, that story, I mean, those are the stories that people can connect with because, because that's where the change is happening in those actual people. So, yeah. Absolutely. And one thing that I think is so neat. So Drew and I were really fortunate to be able to fund one of the projects from the first trip we went on. And honestly, there's not a single day that goes by that I don't think of that community. I'm going to like cry just thinking about it. But when we went there, we walked the, how many miles was it? Two miles to get the water. I mean, whatever it was, they carry buckets and they go multiple times a day and they were collecting this very dirty spring water. And when we drove off that day, the woman pastor of that community had said, I've been praying that you guys would come here. And not just because we could help, like she was praying for us. She was praying for joy in our lives. And we were all just bawling, like what in the heck? Like we're praying for you. And we drove away that day. And I remember telling Kayla, like, I will not come back until we have a solution here. And so it was so cool to get to go back to that community. And I did not want anyone to even know anything about where the money came from or how it happened. But the most amazing thing was, is to see this community running this system, feeling empowered by the change that was happening in the community because of it. And the thing that I think I love the most about Healing Waters is that it comes at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint for the community. Like, it's not this one-stop shop, this one fix. It's not just digging a well and letting them hopefully run it. It is empowering them to have employees and to save their money in case something breaks and to pour their money back into their churches and their communities. And it's empowering them to have all of the abilities to do all of that. And I just think it's so incredible. And so the project that we're funding right now or that we're working on funding, we went to the community and we were proposing different things and they were ready to work. Like they were literally ready if we would have handed them a shovel that day and been like, start digging, they would have done it. And they had put all of the thought behind the community members, who's going to lead it, who's going to help work it and all of these things. And so it's just incredible to see what our entrepreneurial efforts in the States can do to help inspire other people to run these systems that can change 
absolute communities and lives. And so I don't know. I just, I get behind it 110% because there are so many incredible missions out there. There's absolutely no doubt about it, but I love, and Kayla, you and I wrestle with this all the time. So it's like, you can't just step in and fix it. Like there has to be lessons learned just like we've learned in both of our roles. And it's incredible, isn't it? It is. I just, I think about multiple situations where I've been in communities where, you know, we're visiting a project that's been up and running for a few years. And, you know, they're taught part of our model is that they are trained and certified in how to run the water system as a micro business in their community, like you said. So they're creating jobs and they're saving and they're building revenue to pump back into the other programs that they're doing. And we've seen times where they're like, you know what, like the pump on the machine, it broke. And so now we're not producing as much water or whatnot. And, and they don't have the money and savings that they needed to. And, and you're sitting there and you're hearing that and you're like, oh my gosh, like you look around the group that's with you and you're like, we could all just like pull together like the cash that we have on hand and hand it to them and they could fix it. But then you have to step back and think, is that actually the solution? Is that actually fixing it by just handing people money? And I don't believe so. I think that it's working on a solution. Maybe it's doing a a zero interest loan with them. So yeah, that they can get the system back and operating, but that they're, they're paying it back because so that they're learning these valuable life lessons when it comes to things like having a business and yeah. So those are the little things that when you really dig into the world of international development, you're like, Oh my gosh, like, this is, you know, we got to figure out how to do this in a way that's really sustainable and that is giving dignity to people where we're not always coming in and feeling like we have to give the solution just because we happen to be, you know, from the United States or westernized in our thinking. There's a lot of humility that comes into play when when you're dealing with all sorts of, of things in international development. Oh, absolutely. And one book that really helped me was that When Helping Hurts. It's just a really, really great book that helps to talk about like alleviating poverty without hurting the poor. And it's by Steve Corbett. And it was something that, you know, Kayla witnessed me just struggling so much on these trips because I was so in my head about, you know, I want people to feel like we're not just walking in and taking pictures of of them. I want them to know what we're doing with their stories. I want them to know that, you know, we're coming back. We're not just showing up and we're leaving. I mean, there's just so many things. And of course, the language barrier is always like the worst thing. And every time I leave, I literally bought Rosetta Stone. Still have to do it because every time I go, I'm like, I need to learn so that I can communicate even better with them. But it's just been this journey. And like, I'm just so grateful to have been on it. You've been such a huge part of it. So what's next? What are you working on right now? What are you excited about with your job, with your life, whatever? Yeah. So I would say big picture wise as an organization, we have some incredible initiatives happening. So we are partnering with an organization in Mexico to do 250 projects in the next four and a half years. And that's more projects than Healing Waters has ever done in the past 15 years. And what's so exciting about that is again, as an organization to constantly be seeing growth and not feeling like we're staying stagnant, but we have this mission of ending the global water crisis. And the UN has developed these sustainable development goals that just deal with all different issues in regards to the developing world. And one of them is seeing the global water crisis eradicated by 2030, which I mean, that's less than 15 years away. That's like doable within our lifetime. 
And so I get so excited about that opportunity. And when you think of somewhere like Mexico, I mean, that's kind of the classic place that if you ask anyone, have you ever, have you ever had any issues with dirty water? That's like what the first thing they go, oh, I went on vacation to Mexico and, you know, I only drink bottled water. I was told don't drink or I did brush my teeth with this water and I was really sick or all these things. And so we're really excited about that. And we've got just huge momentum happening there. And then in Haiti, we are also doing about between 250 and 300 projects with in partnership with Compassion International and that is just phenomenal because their children's programs what they're doing is amazing and so when you get to collaborate with an organization and you know it goes back to all of those those hashtags and things that are circulating around you know like the rising tide study all that like community over competition it's the exact same thing in the nonprofit world so many operate in silos and you know we view each other as competition when it comes to funding from large donors and in reality if we can come together and we can bring our skill sets together then we're going to have more impact so for us to be able to provide clean water and health and hygiene education to children that are within compassion's programs it's just making their model even more complete it's making our model even more complete so those are two really big things that we have going on from the program side and then from kind of the development marketing side, we've got some really fun events coming up. And I think, you know, just to speak briefly on the importance of good branding and marketing, which again, Jenna, you just very much led the way in that these days is like when you have something that's beautiful and that people are attracted to, like they fall in love with it even more so. And there's such a misconception in the nonprofit world that you know, oh, don't spend your money on marketing or branding. And and while we are so transparent and honest about where we spend our money and we have such a small budget that goes to those things, because we've been able to create a really beautiful website and kind of beautiful resources, we actually have a lot of brands that come on and donate things in kind. So we, we're actually building out a website right now for this really amazing thing called Fit For Her. And we've done these events in Minneapolis and we're doing one in Denver where women like us can come together and do their workout that they're going to have to do anyway that day. And by purchasing their ticket of $25, a group of you know, 150 women or whatnot can fund a project in just a morning by getting their workout in. And so again, just all these like really fun ways and creative ways that we're pulling other people into the story with their skill sets and their gifts to be able to end the global water crisis. I always think it's so funny because especially with like exercise, you're you're reaching for your water bottle a million times during a hard workout. And Mm -hmm. to be able to like truly correlate that to, okay, now there's X amount of people in the world, 1.8 billion people in the world who don't have that luxury. Let's do something about that. And so there's just so many creative and fun ways that people are partnering with us to really bring about change. So those are, I mean, that's a lot, but it's, it's all happening and it's really fun. It's amazing. It's just so exciting to see the different ways that we can get people involved. And, you know, it for me, one of the hard things was, is I always struggled in like, how do I share this? Because it's something I'm so passionate about, but I always want to do it justice and explain it and get people on board just because I'm passionate about it. And so it's been really fun. We've incorporated it into all of our launches. So when we set launch goals, the biggest goal is impact, whether that's through our students or financial. And it's been really fun to just share that mission and vision with people that are purchasing my products and courses anyways to help loop that in. And one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people struggle with is that they never actually close the loop. So they'll say like, hey, I want to donate or I'll donate a portion of your proceeds to this. But then they never show what the actual impact is. And so that's been something that's been 
been just so on my radar this year as we share the mission, I want to show that we are closing that loop. Like it's not just money written on a check and gone. We're showing what the actual impact is. And I have really seen just such a, such a shift in the way that people respond to it. And so if you are an entrepreneur and you really want to get into a place where giving is a piece of your plan and a piece of your business and a piece of your mission, my piece of advice for you is this you know, share something that you're so passionate about that you could just speak into for hours and hours and hours because you know that it matters to you and invite people to join you in that mission, but then always close that loop so that people see not just that you're donating, but what that donation is doing and how they are a part of it. And I truly believe that that is how you can start a true movement that really, really evokes change, not just in yourself, not just in the organization, but in the people around you that are a part of it. And Kay, Kayla and I have had so many conversations about this because it's just something that we could talk about for days and days and days and how to inspire people. But Kayla, I want you to know like you're doing that every single day for sure. Oh, Jenna, thanks. Well, it's always so fun to see like, like the impact that you never realize that you're having. And like you said, like see it coming like full circle and closing the loop on that because obviously like the biggest impact we want to be having is ending global water crisis. I've probably said that like 20 times during this podcast, but so we can close the loop by, you know, telling those stories of the kid who didn't have clean water and now they're drinking clean water and in school. But one of my favorite things, especially with, you know, huge part of my job is relationships with people here in the U S is telling those stories, like telling your story and showing like how the impact you're having, like that's the way we're closing the loop here too, is is really like showing the way we have these incredible supporters and people who they're just as passionate about it as we are and they're not getting the paycheck from the organization, you know, so you have the best voice to speak into it. And so it's such an honor to hear you also speaking of it. So thank you. Well, I'm so excited. So where can everybody find you, connect with you, see the organization and see some of the work that we've done? Sure. So healingwaters.org is our website, as well as the herinitiative.org that um, what we mentioned before kind of focuses a little bit more on women and, and kind of challenges women here at how to be involved. Our handles on Instagram are healing underscore waters and then the underscore her underscore initiative and then we are also on facebook you can search for us there i'm always happy to talk to people i love hopping on calls and sending emails and whatnot so people can reach out to me an email which is found on our website Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this show. I'm just so excited that we got to have a conversation and just share some of the work that we've been doing together. And I've been watching everything that's going on and I'm just so inspired and my goals just keep getting higher. And so it's really just pushing me to have a bigger business and a more badass business so that I can support in even bigger ways. And I'm just so excited to be a part of the work that you guys are doing and you are absolutely changing lives both in our country and in all the other countries that you're serving thanks jenna thanks for listening to gold digger dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next time you gold digging dream chaser you